Holly G with the Golf Insiders with co-host of Morning Drive on the Golf Channel, Damon Hack. Welcome. Good to talk with you again. Holly G, how are things? Well, I'm going to get out and play some golf this afternoon. I'm very excited. How about you? I'm uh, thinking the same thing. Like good buddy and colleague of Golf Channel, Whit Watson, longtime Orlando resident. Uh, we're going to go out and hit the ball around and hopefully make a few putts. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm really, really liking this single rider cart uh, protocol right now because it just makes the game fast and fun. You get to focus on your own, you know, your own game, but still, you know, socialize and we got to love it. It's it's just great for the game, getting a lot of people renewed interest, don't you think, in, in golf and what great recreation it is. And uh, hopefully we'll get some new players out there. I think there's something to it. I definitely have noticed in my rounds in this era of COVID-19 that they've been faster uh, when all of us are taking separate carts. Everyone uh, enjoying the fact that at least golf is one of the sports that we can play and watch uh, as a professional sports kind of inches its way back towards some sense of, if not normalcy, at least activity. Well, speaking of some normalcy, Yahoo! Live golf this past Sunday. Thank you to the Golf Channel and NBC. The big matchup between Rory, DJ, Matthew Wolf and Ricky Fowler. Your thoughts on what we saw on Sunday? Yeah, my biggest takeaway was that they raised more than $5.5 million for COVID-19 relief, that it was just an enjoyable watch to see Seminole. I've been fortunate to play it, but you know most of our listeners and viewers have not seen it or stepped foot on property. I've heard about it, I'm sure. Many consider it uh, one of the best golf courses in the state of Florida, if not the best, where Ben Hogan used to spend his winters preparing for the Masters Tournament. So what a great joy for us to see that wonderful golf club uh, where it's going to host the Walker Cup next year and to see Rory and Ricky and DJ and young Matt Wolf, you know, enjoying the banter. And, yes, they were social distancing, but proving that you can play some golf and play competitively and also send a positive message and do some good as they did. And I was very impressed with that the viewers themselves raised more than a million dollars. So nice to have some live professional golf, uh, kind of a, an appetizer for the next couple of weeks. And, and hopefully it's away we go. Even though we don't have fans, at least we have some golf. Yes, we do. And we've got more golf coming up this Sunday. The Match, Champions for Charity which will be live on TNT on Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, this is definitely building some hype, Damon. Tiger, Phil, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Um, you know, these guys are big-time competitors. It's going to be fun. It really is. It's neat that, you know, Tiger and Phil added a couple of, you know, uh, road warriors as it were to, to join them NFL stars who have come to adore the game of golf competitors and Peyton and, and Brady and we all know as sports fans how fun it was to watch them compete for those AFC championships Colts versus Patriots was always a must watch and now we get to see them not necessarily at Pebble Beach where they both played the AT&T Pro-Am but alongside 
two of the best players in the last 30 years in the game of golf, and it's going to be so much fun. I think it'll be more fun than it personally because there'll be more banter to go around, a little trash talking, a little needling. I hope they have a lot of junk on the line and do the whole thing with dots and you know, birdies and greenies and, and just you know, sandies and parties and the whole thing. I want to see a lot of action, a lot of fun, and a lot of money raised. And what four bigger sports stars have we seen, you know, especially in our country, over the last 25 years? I mean, these four would definitely be headliners and how neat to have them all under the same big tent. Yeah, and speaking of Tiger, um, another uh, event you have coming on the Golf Channel which is a historic look back at the Tiger Slam. Share about that. Yeah, so neat that we were able to get a lot of archival footage of Tiger's incredible 10-month run from summer of 2000 to the spring of 2001 when Tiger won the U.S. Open, the Open, the PGA, and the Masters consecutively. And there was so much you know, bantering at time, is it the Tiger Slam, is it a Grand Slam, and Tiger said, well, if you have all four of the trophies on your mantle, you know, you can call whatever you want, so it's going to be neat to reflect on a time when I was actually just getting into to golf as a journalist, I went overseas, I was an NBA writer at the time, working for Newsday, after Tiger won the U.S. Open by 15 at Pebble, I made a purposeful decision to buy a ticket to St. Andrews because I knew that Tiger was going to win the Open. Everyone knew Tiger was going to win the Open, complete the career Grand Slam at the age of 24 and do it at the old course. And as I said on Morning Drive today, I felt like I was buying a ticket to, to Hamilton on Broadway. I was going to see a show. Uh, and we all knew the outcome. We all knew how it was going to go, how it was going to end. And that was where Tiger was at that time. Uh, it was Tiger against the field. And at that time, Tiger was about the best bet you could have. Absolutely, absolutely. And the next guy in line for a potential career Grand Slam, as we know, is Rory. It's hard to believe it's been how many years, Damon, since his last major. But twenty fourteen. Um, right? Twenty fourteen. And um but I'm thinking maybe things are teeing up for Rory with the Masters moving to the fall. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, you talk to some folks who, who you know, follow Rory, and they say, you know, a couple things working in his favor. One's the fact that he has performed very well in the fall in the state of Georgia, referring to his couple of FedEx Cups and Tour Championship titles, um, which proves he can play that kind of golf, you know, on a similar layout in terms of style of golf course the weather it's going to be cooler he hits a heavy ball as we know drives it as well as anybody in the game and just the good vibes of knowing he can win in georgia in the fall is important and also he gets two bites of the apple in a pretty short period of time he gets a master's in november and then he gets a master's in april right so that's two you know masters in five months two chances in a very short period of time to complete the career Grand Slam. He's played well there before. He's got a, a whole bunch of top five finishes there. He's been in the final group before uh, as a young man in 2011 when he had a four-shot lead and shot 80. And then just a couple of years ago when Patrick Reed got the best of him. So he's had just about every experience you could have there short of victory. But the way he's playing right now, his good vibes in that state, and just by the law of numbers and averages that he's got two shots coming up here, uh, he's got to be very excited 
about the next several months and his prospects to finally complete that career grand slam. I think it's going to be a very compelling new fall season for sure. Speaking of the season, as we know, June 11th, uh, Colonial will be the return of the PGA Tour next month. Uh, they're saying they've got the best field ever. Tell, tell me uh, what the players are saying, what you're hearing. What's, what's, how are, are they excited? Yeah, I think there's some nerves. I think there's some excitement. Uh, most of the players that I've spoken to have said they believe the tour is going to do their due diligence. And obviously the players have a big role to play as well, making sure they're not going out to bars and restaurants. They're staying in the hotel that's recommended by the tour, limiting contact with people. But, you know, Rory's playing three of the first four events. Uh, Adam Scott, on the other hand, who was a past champ of Colonial, says he's not going to play right away, going to kind of wait and see, uh, maybe hope that the parameters and the testing gets even tighter than it is. Uh, he had a conversation with the Australian Associated Press at Adam that he had a few more concerns and wanted to wait and see how everything goes off for the next few weeks. But I tell you what, the, the general consensus is excitement. Uh, from the PGA Tour players. They want to get back at it. They know that their sport has an advantage being outside, played over a five-acre field as opposed to uh, an indoor stadium or a basketball arena. Uh, the opportunity to social distance is much better to pull off, easier to pull off on a golf course than, than a 100,000-seat stadium. So I think the golfers are excited. They'll be safe. They'll have hand sanitizers on every tee. And I think they're going to do their best to make sure this comes off without a hitch, having testing and thermometer checks and questionnaires and try to keep those players and caddies as much in a bubble as they can be. How are they going to handle what we saw in Sunday's match? There was, you know, just one person handling the flag stick, Mark Russell, the PGA Tour, you know, official. How, have you heard, how are they going to handle that? You know, the, the caddies will be pulling flag sticks. What, what are they going to do? Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty similar. I think as, as minimal as they can have contact in terms of, of the bunkering. In fact, I, I've heard that they may have like a, someone walking just to, to rake the bunkers so that, uh, that the caddies don't have to do that. Uh, they'll have one person handling uh, that duty everything i've heard is about minimizing contact um having these rounds go uh, without a hitch as much as possible i think shaking hands will be something that you won't see uh, the air high five that we saw dj and rory uh, pull off at seminal that'll be something that we're going to be uh, getting used to the, the pre-round shaking of hands uh, won't happen as well so i just think the, the tour is going to have to try out different things, see what's most comfortable, uh, see what's most safe. But from what I've been told, it's going to be a lot of social distancing, you know, limiting the opportunities for multiple people uh, to do a job, which will allow too many people to touch a flagstick, touch a rake, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be safety first, especially in this first month back. I think the – projected date for the international players was May 27th or 28th so they could get in the country and uh, be inside the 14-day quarantine protocol I believe has has that impacted any other players I think I saw something on Golf Channel about Tommy Fleetwood waiting to return amongst yeah, some of the internationals 
Yeah, from from what I understand, Rex Hoggett reported today, Tommy just may not even come to the States for a while until things kind of calm down a little bit more. Uh, he was concerned about a possible 28-day quarantine, a month-long quarantine, and same with Francesco Molinari. So I think a lot of the international players that we're used to seeing in the summer, we're just not going to see for a few more weeks or months because of the quarantine. And I think it varies from state to state and also from country to country where they're coming from. So that's one of the issues that a lot of the players who live overseas are going to face versus the European players who already live here, a la Graham McDowell, uh, Henrik Stenson, et cetera, et cetera. Where do things stand right now, do you think, with the players in terms of the Ryder Cup? That's a great question. Um, from what I understand, and as you've heard players say, they, they want to have a Ryder Cup, but they don't want to go right into pack fans. They just can't imagine uh, the pageantry, the noise, the texture and tension of a first tee at the Ryder Cup and not having fans there. I've been to the Ryder Cup, and I've told the story of being on the first tee with Lee Westwood and Darren Clark in 06 at the Cape Club in Ireland months after Darren Clark's wife, Heather, passed away to come to cancer. And, and the noise and the roars for Darren as he struck that opening tee shot, it was a moment I'll never forget. And, and from that, you go to 2012 at Medina, 16 at Hazeltine, 18 in Paris, 99 at Brookline. It's just, you know, 91 at you can't hold these, these Ryder Cups without fans. They're such a part of the scene. I have an easier time with a major championship without fans, though I don't want that. But I cannot see a scenario, and I think the players would agree, we have a Ryder Cup without fans. Well, um, speaking of uh, fans, uh, fans have been getting plenty of their golf appetite filled with all the great content that the Golf Channel has been playing for us. And, of course, a, another fantastic uh, program that's going to be on this Sunday. When can um, our listeners tune in, Damon? Yeah, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Tiger Slam. We live one of the great stretches in the history of the game. In fact, I talked to Brando Chambly this week. He puts it ahead of Hogan's 53 uh, Byron Nelson's 1945, Bobby Jones is 1930. Said the Tiger stretch over those 10 months from 20, uh, 2000 to 2001 was just something the likes of which we probably will not ever see again. And those of us in the industry have been so lucky to witness over these past 20 years and uh, could be a very interesting rest of the what season are we calling it damon 20 21 19 20 i'm just so confused but i think also this uh shuffling of the schedule could bear well for tiger uh notching a few more wins if he's healthy and the fact that you know these events are going to be so close together yeah a big opportunity for him is he's rested he's ready he's hungry and he too like rory six major championships between now and the summer of 2021, what a great opportunity for Tiger, as Paul Azinger told me, to close the gap uh, and chase down Jack. If he could knock off one or two more, uh, look out, folks. That storyline will once again capture the sports world. Well, I got a feeling, I don't know if that list that he had as a kid over his bed 
is still over his bed, but it might be in that, uh, you know, practice facility he has. And he's had a bunch of time to keep looking at it. So it's just going to be so great to get things uh, back on track here. And as always, we appreciate your time. Damon Hack, host of Morning Drive on Golf Channel. When can our listeners tune in? 9 a.m. Eastern time, half hour show in Holly G. It's always a pleasure and Play well today, my friend. Look forward to chatting again soon. You too. Hit him straight. Thank you so much. Will do.